Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Simon Johnson, who is the founder of Aesthetic Strength, which is a worldwide transformation company that's gone to do incredibly great things. I wanted to get Simon on for a while, and uh, there's going to be a lot of golden nuggets with this one. Definitely want to re-listen. So firstly, how are you doing today? I'm good, mate. Thank you for having me on as well. I appreciate it. I know, um, obviously, we've only met in person once now, I think, but uh, he's made the commitment just before this call that he's going to be booking a flight to Dubai, so I'm calling him out, but yeah. (laughs) I'm good, mate. It's been lots of traveling in the uh, last couple of weeks, been over to Dominican Republic to see some family, but back in the sandpit now in Dubai and uh, knuckling down for some training and obviously helping out our clients. So yeah. How about you? How are you? That's it. Very well. Very well. Yeah. Just uh, in the city center, Manchester as, uh, as we are, but definitely kind of getting bit by the bug with travel. You know what it's like when you just need a bit of novelty and a different environment Uh, that's outside of Manchester and London. So I'll be seeing you in the sandpit next week. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, too right. Uh, we'll say it. it definitely will happen. So let's just uh, be quick with it. No thinking, book it, and then you're like, right, let's reset and actually think what we just did. But um, I thought I'd start the podcast with a few rapid fire questions that we normally do with any other guests. Um, firstly, what's the best gym you've ever been to? Ooh, uh, all in, I'm going to say the warehouse, no, without blackout gym in Lisbon. <sighs> did you do the challenge? Is it? Did ke- the, the 100 kilo dumbbell yeah yeah yeah. i didn't do it i, I know you said you had kev on before kev did it the bastard um, <laughs> did he say blackout i went to blackout it was like here this time last year like a solo trip such a good gym i wouldn't i wouldn't have that's a favorite one very, there's very few gyms where you get like insane equipment like it is but it's also a nice atmosphere and the people are nice at the same time like the leg room downstairs it's like going into a dungeon and there's i think it was like nine leg presses i was like what is this place that's powerful i thought you would have said Benoist, but blackout is definitely powerful to be fair i know marbella padel is yeah. as well going to marbella next month mm. um, second thing what's the best thing you've taken away from travel from travel that's a very good question. The best thing I've taken away from travel would be every place has a different perspective on life in terms of like what people value is very, very different in different locations. So the US, the UK, Dubai, Middle East, everyone values very, very different things. I just personally find it very interesting to take a step back and look at and value and what people see it just like generally dictates how society works. Love that, love that. And uh, final one, can I put you in the spot here? What's a question you've never been answered asked, but you've always wanted to answer? What's something? You just, what's like um something you just wanted to be asked about? In the sense? Oh, you really are putting me on the spot here. That was a very good one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I just say like, what, what's your biggest like biggest weakness or your biggest downfall? No one generally asks me that, um, and I would say the answer is I, I can be a people pleaser. Like it's something that I've definitely, and I think as coaches, we will have an element of being people pleasers because we like to help. But I know for me, it's something that massively held me back for years and years and years. And it still does hold me back in in areas, but it's something I strive to improve on every day, every week, every month. Powerful, powerful, love that. So like, I think it's quite interesting you say that about like the people pleasing side of things. What made you, how does that go? How does that change over time? Hmm. 
I think even just in the past, I potentially like stayed in relationships too long, which held me back, ended up resenting, resenting the whole thing. Um, or I wouldn't have a hard conversation when it came to even like business. And I was like, I knew this person isn't the right fit, but I would just deal with it. And I'd be like, it's okay. I can take the brunt. And there's only so long that you can kind of take and load everything onto you before you just go fuck this, or it starts taking a, a hit on your energy, your productivity, your happiness, um, all of these different things. And when those things are so important to me at the same time, um, it's just not a good thing. Okay. Um, and you can keep doing that to the point where eventually you don't even fucking recognize yourself. Thousand mm, percent. I just want to dive into something that kind of stems from there to begin the podcast off like because you've you've kind of you're someone that's held um personal development as a cornerstone in terms of what you do and there's been an evolution over time i think it'd be interesting to see for the listeners to hear about what would you say could you want to give a bit of a brief introduction in terms of where you were three years ago uh personally compared to where you are right now just kind of like almost outline the evolution because mm-hmm. i think it's something that would be absolutely powerful to see, actually learn more about for the audience and for myself yeah. Okay. So three, three, roughly three years ago, I was a PT working, doing a hundred sessions a week out of shedding my mom and dad's garden. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was playing rugby at a pretty good level. I was getting fucked on weekends, living for the weekends, going out with the boys. Um, don't get me wrong. PT business was doing pretty well, but it was just, I felt like I was living a fraud, like living as a fraud. I wasn't actually enjoying rugby that much anymore, but I stayed in it because it was where all my mates were and again people pleasing i didn't want to have the hard conversations okay i didn't want to pull myself out of it what if i lost my friends what if it didn't work out what if my parents didn't like the decision that i stopped playing rugby is they they really helped me get into it and i know my dad was so passionate about it and then over the last three years i might step out of that did a photo shoot with ben which we both know um my life changed from that photo shoot online online business blew up i'm now i live in dubai in literally like I'm the least materialistic person you'll ever meet. Like I wear the same shorts and t-shirt pretty much seven days a week. Okay. Different ones, but the same ones, you know what I mean? (laughs) And the only thing I've ever wanted is I just wanted a sick view. And I've literally managed to get the most incredible view out my apartment. And I feel like I've managed to achieve everything I wanted to a degree, proud, but never satisfied. Um, And I've gone from like that people pleasing comfort zone, living on a nine by five Island in Jersey to moving to a different country, which is something I never, ever, ever thought or dreamed i would ever do it's powerful that isn't it sometimes you need things to have in a sequence and it's like you always don't want to skip the line that's unreal so like the domino what, effect the domino effect exactly that and it's like almost something's happening in the sequence so you don't want it to happen but it almost needs to happen that way so i think it's powerful to have that what's um was there like a breakthrough moment for you at some point i think the the two two big breakthrough moments for me one one was actually investing into my first mentors properly. Like I'd always had coaches. Coaches have been a huge part of my life. And it's one of the reasons that I wanted to actually become a personal trainer in the first place. I was really lucky from a young age. I had strength and conditioning coaches. And like, I love my mom and dad, but my real role models were these coaches. I looked up to them. They helped me. I wanted to be like them. And I wanted to be able to give that back to someone like me when I was younger. Okay, that's how I got into training. So, and then once I came out of rugby, I was kind of missing that that mentor kind of that I'd always had in my life. It was like my North star, someone to help me guide me, be there for me, something for me to strive to achieve. When I came out of rugby, I was missing that. I got my first coach that really helped me out, but the whole thing really changed because now I was more interested in going the business. When I invested into my first business mentor, Adam, and then Phil, and then other th- everything else after that, 
I started investing into myself and realizing that when you invest, you can cut down like without blowing my own trumpet, what I've managed to achieve in the last three years, it would take a lot of people 10 years to achieve. But by investing into myself, I've managed to cut that time frame down massively mm-hmm. and not make as many mistakes. I've still made a fucking lot of mistakes. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, but when you invest into yourself, the only way that it is a cost and not an investment is if you don't do the work. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I think the second big breakthrough for me was just realizing that um, I don't have to be Superman. Like I, I give this big bravado sometimes on social media. Everyone thinks I'm this guy who's just like, get shit done, fuck hard, grab life by the balls. But hey, look, I have ups and downs as well. Be the first one to admit it. And I can't do everything myself. I think you said a while back, it's one of your posts, and this was years ago, uh, about vulnerability and how that displays true strength. And I think nowadays as well, it's almost like easier to hold up like a bow front, but that's actually a weakness because you're a crack. But I think that's actually powerful. Yeah. To that I did you know, you're there, you almost, have- I think it's such, yeah, it's, it's such a fine line and I, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but we also live in a world of vi- like victims who they're like, oh yeah, I'm showing real strength. Like crying on fucking Instagram, like crying on Instagram isn't real strength. Crying to the person you care about and who's upset you, that's real strength. Okay. Um, and it's such a fine line between it, I do think. Whereas I think you've got to take ownership and you've also got to be able to put your big fucking big boy pants on and get on with shit. But at the same time, that shouldn't be a sacrifice of your own mental health, well-being, everything else that's important to you. So it's about knowing your flaws, working on them, but knowing that you're the only one who can be responsible to fix them. Not sharing weakness to get fucking pity. Yeah, get the extra like, yeah. Got to <laughs> actually, this will probably be like a thought-provoking one. What was he... Mm. what's the hardest thing you had to go through over these last three years and this is not physical activity it's outside of that Mm. I would say I would say probably when I broke up with my ex-girlfriend because it was probably the first time that I put that people pleasing to the side and did something that was right for me it was freaking difficult, but I never looked back on it. She's an amazing girl, but just wasn't wasn't the right thing. Um, and like people talk about fucking broken heart, but like shit like that actually hurts. <laughs> like it actually physically hurts. Um, and it was difficult, but I've never looked back. It my life changed after it for, for the better. And that's not because of her. It's just because it was the right thing for me. Mm. Mm. Do you ever like, because I was speaking to one of our members, well, I was speaking to Danielle about it recently as well. And it was like how we did our event in Texas and it's like, you know, when you achieve something and you're like, you don't necessarily feel present while you're doing it, but you look forward to looking back at it. It's almost like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get to this goal and get to this outcome. And you're not necessarily looking forward to the outcome. You look forward to looking back at the outcome and reflecting on it. Do you ever look back often? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I'm not, not the best at. Cause I'm always like, what's next? What next? I always say I'm like, I'm, I'm addicted to progress. Like my highest value is just progression. Like, I just want to see move myself moving forward, whether that be in business, personal life, professional life, physique, performance, anything. I just want to move forwards. Um, but sometimes it takes conversations like this to actually have a look back and go, holy fuck, like that's happened in the last three years? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need to do it more. You know, I was speaking to Ben about it yesterday and it was almost like, you know, you just see a dip in energy when you're not actually performing. Or you're not actually like necessarily being grateful for what you're doing and you're almost looking forward too much and you're like, there's this, that, that's that next. And you're like, 
Yeah, I'm actually not I'm underachieving to some degree. I know you're someone that's big on in terms of like managing your energy and state. So like that could be something for us to dive into because we coach a lot of professionals. I know you do too, where it's like your state is I think when people say think of state, it's almost like a lot of gray areas, not a conversation that's being made. And they always think motivation, but motivation is a state you're in. And it's like I always say like people that move more when I move more, people that move less when I move less, and that energy feeds off of energy. So like when it comes to the motivation factor, it's always a case, case of changing your state. And I know you're big on this and you've worked with Kieran as well. I know you've got a lot of mentors previously as myself, where it's like almost like you change your state and that's actually led to motivation. Kind of diving into the mm. state change, what have you done from a mental performance benefit? That's what, what have you done from a mental performance angle that's benefited you tenfold? Uh two things one is understanding dark energy and light energy so for me everything i did to start with was built out of fuck you <laughs> i was told i wasn't smart because i couldn't spell yeah. and it was like oh you'll never you'll never do that you'll never be able to do that fuck you <laughs> okay i will make it work okay everything i did but if you stay in that and like to relate that to a fitness aspect that could be you were always the fat kid you were always the unfit person you were always the person at school who just bummed out and did stuff you can dip into that dark energy as like no fuck you i'm gonna make this work and that's incredibly powerful everyone has got some dark energy to a degree but if you stay in that it just tanks your energy because it's like incredibly potent is probably the best way to look at it but it's not sustainable okay if you stay in that it will literally just burn you into the ground and i remember sitting on kieran's balcony and he went are you okay i was like i don't think so and bear in mind like health and fitness space is literally all i've ever done i started my business when i was 16 Okay. I sat on his balcony and I don't know if I want to be doing this anymore. And Kieran was like, what? And it's because I just literally burnt myself into the ground through this dark energy where you need to get to a point where you need light energy. And that's like, why am I doing this? And how is this going to help my future in terms of family, health, wealth, relationships, yada, 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 the things that are important to you and knowing how to flip between the two is really important. If we look it back to fitness again, I think this is why people yo-yo diet when they come to us, it's like, I don't want to be anymore. I'm fat, I'm unhealthy, I look in the mirror, I don't like the person who looks back at me. I don't want to be here. Super fucking motivating. Yeah. And then they get away from it and they start to see some results. They lose 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 kilos, whatever. And now that doesn't motivate them anymore, but they're not motivated. I hate the word motivation. They're not motivated by, hey, yeah, but if you keep going, you can be a fitter, healthier, better version of yourself. Hmm. So I think it's great to use that dark motivation to start with, but when you get away from it, you have to flip to the light. Otherwise that dark motivation will continue to drag you backwards. Yeah. It's like, as soon as the problem is solved, you almost create another. Comes back to that. Exactly. Yeah. That's you don't have a vision of what's next. Yeah, pretty much. And I think yeah. it's like, sometimes when you speak to members, it's like they don't, you know, when you probably can relate to this to some level where you don't set the goal because you don't think you're worthy enough of achieving it. You're like, actually, I'm not sure if I can actually live up to that standard. And it says, I know it's probably something you can relate to where it's like, I actually don't want to set the goal even bigger just in case I don't get there, the fear of failure, but also is it actually going to work or is it actually worth it? Um, and I think that actually Garrett, that happens a lot within fitness. People are like, I don't want to, you know, get too lean or I don't want to get to this level because it's like either it's unsustainable, as you may say, or it's actually a case of like, they don't feel like they can do it or they don't feel like they're worth it. So it's, there's a lot of mental edge when it comes to their transformation or that achieving more, I guarantee. Mm -hmm. That's why road, right, roadblocks are so, so important as well. Just like, yeah we're going there like but let's just park that let's get from a to b and then we'll get to you get you to z eventually um yeah 100 percent. i see it so much and then like people don't think about it as like an identity change 
like there's a famous like James Clear thing, like Atomic Habits, Incredible Work. It's like you don't want to become someone who rides horses. You want to become a horse rider. You don't want to become someone who reads books. You want to become a reader. And you've got to look at that at your health and fitness or even just anything you're trying to work with. And if you change on an identity level in terms of who you are, that's how it stays because it's just who you are. It's what you do. So you don't want to lose some weight. You want to become a healthy person. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel like the healthy word healthy gets like a bit of different connotation to what we think it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what what is health? You tell me. What is health? I'd say for me it's probably like um I don't know, because it's gonna change. Do you, do you know when you give an answer and you're like it almost changes? I think I one of our I actually asked this on a um call the other day for a new start, and it was almost like how would you define it? it? Was like, you know, feeling your best is like when you feel censored with all things, that's probably a good way to really describe it. Mm. But I guess it's like a subjective towards, it's almost like it's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Or Yeah, exactly. It's one of, the, one of those cliche answers. It depends, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Have you, have you heard that saying where it's the, the richer your vocabulary, the richer your life? And I think very often that people put the thing motivation as they're struggling with motivation. But actually, it's if you almost dive into that deeper and you had a richer vocabulary where you can describe the situation you're in, you can get out of there quicker. Because when someone can't describe what's going wrong, it's an awareness factor. But when you have the awareness around the situation, you can change it. Um, we did a live about the other day how motivation is almost like something you can throw in there just because you're not sure what it actually is. It's almost like an easy way out. Um, there's a lot more that comes to it, I can guarantee. Um, yeah. Nine times out of ten, I don't think people don't think people lack motivation i just think they lack clarity yeah it's very much sometimes yeah that first that first step is often a lot easier than people think it but it, the reason they lack motivation is because they think that step has to be so much bigger than it is and they can't be they're not motivated to take the big step if they knew the small step they could do that yeah yeah i can guarantee for like um from a standpoint of like maintaining harmony across, because I know we were going to speak about your physical performance as well, just powerful to jump into. Um, mm -hmm. You are seeing, you've you kind of went around the, you start off with bodybuilding and you went more into the hybrid. You did bodybuilding, powerlifting, hybrids. I've done everything. That's why you got that, I can't say. Um, yeah. What's... Yeah, I start. I actually started like obviously the sport background. Like I got, I got into things through strength and conditioning. That was that was how I got into everything. Like I started strength conditioning program at eleven. Mm -hmm. The everyday CrossFit. Mm. I've never done CrossFit directly, yeah. but I've done. I I think CrossFit one gets a bad rep because there are a lot of people doing it really badly. But I think the idea behind CrossFit in terms of including functional movements, including finishes, metabolic conditioning is fantastic. I love the community aspect of it. I think some of the programming and like, I'm a very straight shooter. I think it's fucking awful. Like asking someone to do a mile run, asking Sally from around the corner, who wants to turn her bingo, wants to do a mile run, then hit a PB deadlift recipe for disaster. Okay. But that's when people are doing CrossFit bad. I've never done it directly, but I like to incorporate some of the stuff. And I've, I've done Murph because I just wanted to Maybe. prove to myself that I could do it. <laughs> Got a CrossFit t-shirt on, I just realized. But, you know, we've never done, done CrossFit a while back. It's one of those things where it's like, um, it's kind of, it comes back to the intention behind it, but I can guarantee that. I think it's easy to jump on the bandwagon of like CrossFit and so on just because that's like the most popular thing today. But like I wanted to dive into, you know, from the physical evolution, because you mentioned you've done a lot, I think it's powerful to actually mm jump into that how you've seen a benefit from your training into all of the parts of your life what was like 
submit that was unexpected for you? Coming from a, a rugby background, if you asked me to run more than 5K, I probably would have tell you to do one. Okay. It's when I got into the endurance stuff, like in a very, very busy life where you're running a business, you've got multiple, multiple employees, you're moving to a different country, you've got a relation to keep aboard, you've got your own training. Biggest thing for me is the gym started feeling like work. Mm. Okay. Like I was filming content or I was doing something like that. Like for me, the endurance stuff, where it was like, I, I'm t my brain goes too quick to do med meditation. That's probably an excuse, but it's just, I just don't find it's for me. Meditation journaling, I just can't do it. I just, I do it for a couple of days and I, I just don't stick to it. So my form of that is going on a long run, going on a long bike. Like the repetitive motion of it for me is almost like therapeutic. And that's where I have some of my best ideas. That's where I solve, that's where I get like solitude. Um, I think that's been the the biggest thing that has helped me out, be able to keep my energy high as well. Cause I get that escape. Whereas a lot of people don't is finding what works for you. And I still love the gym, but getting that escape where I've got something, which is just me, I can clear my head. I can look after me. I can put the freaking world to right in my head if I want to. Um, I think that's been the biggest thing that surprised me. Whereas now I ran 13k this morning with no headphones it was fantastic i loved it every second of it whereas before if you've asked me to run 5k i would have told you to do one <laughs> was it union or league that you played because i played lead union union ah that's just yeah. not <laughs> yeah that's class <laughs> i mean i've ne i've never i've never played league in my life no way it's um it's like the best way to describe union is there's two ways still as a start and finish it just carries on um so yeah that's powerful i remember it's quite interesting because with the rugby background it's like it's almost as if you you start off i was speaking to one of our members about this because i'm not sure if you watch a lot of sports do you watch any sports like sports players like sports teams or is it more not a, not a huge amount i love sport played every sport known to man but don't really watch that much of it. yeah i'm very similar is that like i came from a rugby background but it's like i prefer like a one-man sport in a sense like obviously not necessarily mm. like let's say like crossfit for example like you almost see a success story I almost feel like I actually value that more as opposed to like yeah, right, let's a football team, for example. So it's a uh, it's quite interesting because I yeah. see I see that quite often with people that are like entrepreneurial or like in the a lot, a lot in the fitness space too, or a lot of uh, business owners where it's like they just love that one man sport to see that success story. Um, I've seen that over time, so it's actually quite powerful. I think um, one thing I wanted to dive into from that that training factor is what's inspired you to go further because I think I'm going through that phase where it's like. We're going to Bali, we're doing a photo in Bali. And then after that, it's like screw bodybuilding. Let's just go through in more of a different route and trying to find that afterwards. But we'll get to it when we get to it. But like for you, what's made you almost yeah. transition and shift over? I love to compete. I always have. Like I've played tennis since I was five years old, played rugby since I was like eight or nine years old. I've always competed. And when I came out of sports, that was the biggest thing I, I missed was that before you've got a match or a game or whatever it might be, that butterfly feeling where it's like, oh, let's fucking go. I miss that. The only time that I would get that when I first started doing consultation calls, <laughs> that's why I loved it. And it was like, let's go. Um, but then like when I did a big event, so like I strive for that. But the biggest thing is like I said, my highest value is progress. And the gym, I can see progress, but when you hit a certain level within the numbers you're lifting, like progress is slow. I have to do freaking six month training block to see two and a half kilos gain on my squat. And it's like, oh, where's the running and the biking and the cycling? I got to become a student of something again. Like I like being a student of something, learning it and getting good at it. I like getting good at shit, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know from doing a lot of work with Kieran, where that comes from, that comes from like 
not feeling like I fitted in as a kid. So how did I become quote unquote liked? I just became the best at everyone because everyone likes the kid who's the best. I was the best rugby player, the best football player, the best tennis player. That was my way. Okay. But now coming back to it, it's just like, how can I progress? But it's now for me and I just want to inspire people. I got asked an amazing question a long time ago. It's like, how do you want people to feel when they're around you? Mine was just inspired. Like if I can inspire someone through my words, like, hey, I'm happy. Joe, Joe fucking Doug. Yeah, billion percent. Billion percent. I think it's like, you can only give what you have. That's the biggest thing. And it's like, for you to be able to internally feel inspired that you can give that. But very much now, you're going to have to be in a place where you almost want to make sure your needs are met first. What's your, have your values changed over time? Hmm. I've had, highest value has always been pro- progress, progress, hard work. And it's, it scared me the first time I actually like genuinely went through my values. My family weren't even on it, which was scary. And at the time I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. So like right now it's like right now, my highest value is like health. Second is my business. Third is just freedom so like i like i think my version of success has always been being able to do what i want when i want with who i want that's my definition of success that means the finances to be able to do that that means the location to be able to do that that means the right friends around me to do that all of those different things i feel like i've been very very lucky that i've always known where i was going and what i was going to do i always was i was going to play professional rugby and if i didn't do that i was going to be a pt yeah yeah that is literally as long as i remember that was it there was no plan C. Turns out I was, wasn't good enough for rugby and my shoulders are made of chocolate. So they just dislocate all the time. <laughs> but that was always it. And it was just after that, it would just, you just make it work. Yeah. So they haven't really changed a huge amount. You know what? It's like when you said family wasn't the more value, I think I have the same tenant point. There's a lot of guilt attached to it. Whereas actually, you can't want to be selfish in the mm. And it's like initially I think when people are going between the 20s to 30s this is not me giving life advice and I'd love to hear your take on this but like you almost want to kind of look at this is like the experiential year where you want to get into that prime condition physically best career success yeah. as much as you can you almost want to create then after that after all that you got like a, a full canvas in a sense whereby people almost want to skip the line and go towards selling them so I think it's a something I've learned over the last 12 months where it's actually you just create as much opportunity as you can experience and kind of like make your canvas as fruitful as possible and it's like people are, you know, they almost have they want to skip the line in a sense. Um, normally because other people have kind of fed them, you know, a story that this is what you need to do. But it's quite interesting because uh, I was, I've been the same where it's like every birthday I tend to spend by myself. That's like my rule. You'll let you see it where it's like I'm just going to be in. Like the last year was yeah. Texas and then the year before that it was um, London and then Australia, things like that. So it's always by yourself and it's like actually, I know family is like a place where you come to connect, but it's almost like a, I like that piece where it's like at the 23rd November every single mm. week by myself. You're not going to see him on Instagram, social media. It's just going to be so long. And that's the role I've had that since I was like 15 because I um, didn't actually value family as much. I value more now, but it's only because I actually went through a place where I found what I needed first to get to that level. So it's um, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. Um, yeah I, think it, I think it's... Very cool. I think it's interesting. When you say you don't... It's not that you don't value family. It's not saying you don't care. I yeah. think that's an important clarification to have is like, don't get me wrong. My family is still incredibly important to me, but where do I spend 90% of my time? It's my health, it's my business and it's freedom doing that, the things that I want to do. Okay. That, yeah. 
Um, that's interesting you say that because it's, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a massive lag between <laughs> things. We're like, uh, 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 gone. I'll see you, bud. I'll see you. <laughs> yeah. so I just, I just think it's like if you want to find out your values, like people can lie and say like, oh, fam- like family are really important to me. Then it's like fulfillment. But like, where do you spend? the majority of your time. That's what you actually value because what people think they value and what they actually value can be two very, very different things. And you know what? It's literally, I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like looking at where you spend most of your time and your values dictate where you're spending most of your time because it's easy to say health is a priority, but if you're not someone that meals preps, spend time in terms of like looking after your health, probably not high value. You'd like it for it to be, but it's not right now. And it's like, for example, now if you take a lot of time off and you're almost finding it hard to work, if you're self-employed, it's almost like actually you value your leisure as opposed to work. So I think it's literally like, look at your schedule. It's almost like, um, I know you work with Joe Parrish as well, where it's like, it's almost as if, imagine someone wasn't listening to what the words you were saying and they just looked at the actions you were doing, how would they describe it? And it's actually a hard question to actually answer to some degree or like actually find the answer off because you're like, oh, I want to change this, I want to change that. So it's a more of a case you actually speak louder than words, guaranteed. Um, you know that outside of business and training, um, how would you describe yourself? I'm just goofball, mate. Goofball. <laughs> just a goofball. I just, yeah, mate. I just, mate, I, I, grew, mate, I, spent, I spent so many of my years just like play, playing rugby, fucking around with the boys. Um, That's what I enjoy. Like, I love being active. Like, we did, we, me and my, my old man came over to Dubai. And one of my favorite things that like, we did so much cool. She went out for amazing dinners, like really expensive, beautiful dinners. We went, we've been, desert buggies and the things you know my favorite thing we did we got bikes we weren't even planning on doing this we got bikes we literally rode through the city down to the beach and there's my dad at fucking nearly 60 trying to jump off the pavement just like bits of being it just being an idiot and it was like the most fun thing that i had done in so long just chatting shit messing around like that's what like just spending good quality time with the right people um being a bit of a goofball having a laugh like that's what switches me off class class what's like um your best travel story i want to dive into non-fitness and suppose the back of the podcast what's like your what's the story you've not best travel story let's go with that one i don't think one of my first one i certainly don't know why this one's come to my mind one of of my first traineeship tennis trips i went away on with one of my mates we were oh my god we're probably like 14 or something we went to sardinia to play something called jardizil so there's something called the island games um which is just like all the islands around europe come together play a big competition against big competition against each other okay um it's a load of different sports jardizil is like the under 16s version of that and we get there closing night we were like oh yeah let's go get a couple of drinks i will never forget bearing in mind like you're 14 you're on a trip with loads of people in sardinia random country we're like the people were like, hey, let's let's have a couple of drinks tonight. Let's have a couple of drinks. I'll never forget me and my mate sneaking out the hotel, running down this highway on the wrong side of the road to this store and then try, managing to get served and get a few drinks from one of these dodgy garages running back. And basically our tennis coach was there at the time. He's like, where are you two been? And we were like, oh, we were running around the hotel trying to find this and somehow managed to get away with it. But yeah, that would prove one of my, there's a, there's a lot more to that story, but I'm not going <laughs> to bore you with all of it, but. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know why that one came to mind. That's class. That's class. It actually reminded me of my um, because I lived in China for a year and one time. You know Shanghai, the area. Yeah. Yeah. So we lived in Shanghai, and there was um, I remember a while, but we went to a place where you almost like pay 
to go to the top of the mountains is like an entry and you, you it's like a whole field is huge it's like a five hours to go around it and i remember going in there i think it was like 4 p.m um and it closed at seven so they closed the gates so you can't get out so i went in there and i was like oh yeah well, you know we got to the top it's 7 p.m i was like oh shit it kind of locked out of reality and it was like nah there should be a ways out and then we went around there was nobody there it was empty came to about 8 30 the monks started coming up and then they obviously didn't speak english so they were like they were just relaxing with them the whole night it was fucking crazy so it's pitch black monks are coming out That's it. it was like this is mad <laughs> there was two of us lucky the guy i knew he, sp- he spoke chinese so i was like that's perfect because he can't oh, really yeah, I was lucky. So he, he was almost like, oh, we're not getting out today, mate. We can have to, you know, because the doors are closed and the gates are locked. They come out at night. I literally remember spending that whole night with them. I was like, this is fucking weird. This is mad. <laughs> but then you come yeah, out at 7 I want to go back home and actually get some rest now because they, they always um, sleep during the day, wake up at night. It was mental. Mm. Uh, <laughs> spent a night with the monk. That's it. The monks. It was like tribes. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But like, um, what would you tell to younger Simon? Stop overthinking and just start getting shit done. Hmm. What made you say that? I spent so, spent so long. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Can you do it? Can't you do it? Questioning myself was the only thing that is going to get you to closer to where you want to be is action. Just take fucking massive action, get shit done. You don't get paid, you don't get results, you don't get anything by thinking, okay? You get paid, you get results, you get whatever you want by getting stuff done. You get in shape by tracking your calories, doing your steps, training. You build a business by posting content, doing this, doing that, looking after your clients, okay? You can chase perfection all you want, okay? If we relate it back to business, (laughs) like I've been doing this essentially since I was 16, 10 years. Okay. The online side of the business is like three, four years old. My business still feels broken. Okay. And it has ever since the beginning and it's, and it can, will continue to perfection doesn't exist. Get started and you'll tweak and fine tune along the way. Step of stones. And like, um, to wrap up the podcast, what would be one tape point you want to leave this as with today? The if you're an overthinker, okay, I know a lot of people do, and people say a lot of people who are overthinkers say they lack confidence. And the reason they lack confidence, I genuinely believe, is because they have that nagging voice in the back of their head that's like, "Do it, don't do it." Okay, down the beach, oh, don't take your top off. Oh, stop being a pussy, just fucking do it. Okay, oh, I want to start a business. Oh, you can't do it. Yes, you can. Like, you can do it. Okay, if you're an overthinker, get in shape because it will be the first time that you actually keep your promise to yourself. Okay. So many people make a, say a promise. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to run a marathon, for example, and they don't do it. And every time you do that and you don't do it, you don't stick to your word. You chip away at that self-confidence and you basically feed that nagging voice in the back of your head. But if you say to yourself, I'm going to get in the shape of my life and you do it, guess what? You've kept your word to yourself and you become a man or a woman of your word. That is where confidence comes from. It's, there was an amazing Alex Hormozzi quote, and it was, you don't get confidence by shouting affirmations in the mirror. You get it by stacking uh, undeniable proof that you are who you said you are. So stack so much proof and follow through on your promises to yourself. And that's where confidence comes through. And when you have much confidence that you know that when you say something, you're going to do it, you can fucking do anything because you are your own biggest bottleneck. Powerful, powerful. 
going back to what we said at the start of the uh, podcast about Dubai. See you next week. Yeah, <laughs> see you next week. Let's go. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's been a pleasure to connect. And, uh, it's been something I've actually looked forward to for a while. Um, there's a lot of gems within this one. I think it's quite, it's a bit of a credit, not necessarily to what you do, but who you are. So uh, thank you very much for being here, mate. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, where can people find you connect with Simon and the work he is off today and uh, about to do continue on going forward? Yeah, well, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. It's been uh, amazing to have this chat and uh, we'll definitely be catching up in Dubai. And uh, if anybody wants to connect to me, just shoot me a message on Instagram. It's just Simon Johnson Fitness. Um, literally questions, messages, be great to connect. And again, thank you for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you next time. Definitely back on for a part two.